Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 105 for BC Interruption Radio. Often duplicated, never the same. We're here again to talk BC football. This is AJ Black. Eric Hossis will be here in just a second, and I have him on the line. I screwed up and sent him the wrong number to call in. Eric, you there? How's it going? Good. We're live. Sounds good. I'm ready to roll. Excellent, excellent. So we're here to talk. We have two things to really talk about today. We're going to review the NIU game, uh, go over what went right, what BC still needs to improve on, and we're going to look ahead to Wake Forest, who's going to kick off tomorrow at 1 p.m. at Alumni Stadium. So let's kick it off by talking about Friday's game. If you were like me and stayed up until the wee hours of the morning, I think I was up until about 1.30 a.m. watching that game, uh, you saw a lot. Um, Lot to digest in just the opening game, and I think Adazio said it well. You know, they gave themselves a chance to start the season off with some competition, so they could see the the problem areas and what was working well. And I thought that was a pretty good insight on his part. Instead of seeing a, a cupcake FCS school like Maine, we got NIU. And so, Eric, what was what was your initial, um, you know, what was your initial what, what did you think about the game when you first uh, saw it? What, what did you think of what BC did well? Um, I mean, my first thoughts were I'm still in shock over uh, Adazio as he uh, kind of his approach to the game is different than anything we've seen here since he came to BC. I mean, he went for it on fourth down. He tried to score at the end of the half with a young quarterback. Um even starting Brown surprised me, you know, that the, the kind of the easy move that probably doesn't get questioned if they lose the game is, you know, starting Wade who has a couple games experience as a veteran quarterback. And, you know, honestly, if Adazio did that and Wade was, you know, average and they lose the game, nobody's questioning him on the flip side. If he starts Brown, like he did and Brown craps the bed, then everyone's like, what, what the hell are you doing? Starting a red shirt freshman on the road. Are you crazy? So, I mean, <laughs> honestly, Adazio went balls out in that game, and it, it paid off. He played to win, and, uh, it, you know, it, it was refreshing. And I hope, you know, I hope he keeps it up in ACC play um, and against, you know, the better opponents. And this just wasn't just a one-time deal where, you know, he's playing a little bit of an inferior opponent and feels like he can do something like that. Yeah, I think I got the same impression of, about the, the aggressiveness. It was it was a pretty apparent right off the bat when he had that first drive. I think it was the first drive where Brown went deep to Walker, where Walker dropped that ball. Um, oh, you yeah, know, that was brutal. He, that was that was not textbook Adazio. That was what we that was very different than what we expected out of him as a coach. You know, you don't expect the long pass, especially with a young quarterback. You expect him to be conservative with it and try to do the little dink and dunks, which he did at points. I mean, what a Brown average 4.5 yards per pass. Um, right. But I have to give Adazio credit when, when it's due. And he, 
you know, he ran nine, they ran 92 plays. 42 of them were for passes or passes. Um, he moved the ball. He, I mean, there were still certain play calls that were driving me crazy. If John Hilleman does a, you know, a gut up run up the middle again, I'm going to scream, but <laughs> you know, you got to take baby steps and maybe he's going to watch, you know, just like he said, he's going to watch the film and diagnose what he didn't like and whether it was the the offensive line that weren't working on plays like that, or if it's Hilleman, they maybe adjusted with him or make a quicker, you know, a quicker developing play. I think all of those things, hopefully maybe he watches that and, and makes those adjustments. Now on the other side of the ball, the defense was, it had its moments, but there were still some concerns in that game. What did you think of Harold Landry's play? I, there was a lot made out of him going into the season and high expectations going into game number one. Was he invisible? Were they just scheming around him? Was he hurt? What did you What did you think watching that, Eric? Um, you know, even if they were scheming, I mean, it's not, you know, Clemson or Florida State's offensive line. So if he's going to be a first-round NFL pick like he's being projected, then he has to find a way to, you know, figure out how to beat, beat that. Um, it was nice to see him come up with a couple plays in the fourth quarter finally. Um, but, uh, you know, it did feel similar, um, to, after I went back and thought about it, it did feel similar to the first game last year against Georgia Tech where, you know, I had people, um, you know, messaging me on Twitter, like, is Landry playing? Is he even on the field? Like, he was just kind of on and off. So, I don't know, you know, he's always, uh, he's always kind of been a guy that, you know, has, I don't know if I want to categorize a lingering it injuries but you know he does get dinged up and isn't always able to go uh you know max plays for all games so i don't know I, I i guess it is something something to monitor but um yeah i don't right now i i think my concern is with uh the other areas of the defense uh particularly the the play of the secondary um that that's probably where my main concern right now is with the defense yeah, they got they definitely had their moments. I mean, Lucas Dennis had a couple good plays, but it was it's that it's that criticism that we have against BC's defense that we've had for years where it just seems like the defense does, especially the secondary never seems to turn around on the right time. It's been like this for years, even when Don Brown was here, where it's you just hope that they would turn their heads and see where the ball was coming cuz that I mean, it's pretty textbook uh, you know, defensive back coaching there. Yeah, it never, I mean, it never happens. <laughs> they're they're face like, guarding. They're, they get called when for holds because they are out of place. You, you saw a lot of that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, like you said, I do agree. Uh, Lucas Dennis had some big plays. Um, you know, the secondary, their tackling was actually pretty impressive. Uh, they they uh, there was a couple of nice plays made by them in tackling in open space. So. I was encouraged like by that, but uh, the overall coverage was lacking. And you know, I I I ripped through a few different preseason publications, and I I didn't find anyone um, you know who had Northern Illinois passing game as as a strength. Um, and and you know, I don't I don't think it takes an NFL scout to see that that Northern Illinois quarterback. Uh, was really not the most accurate passer in the world and not the best quarterback. So it does concern me. He, he, he had some success throwing on BC and uh, it definitely is something to monitor going forward. Cause that, 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 that kind of performance isn't going to fly once the competition picks up. 
Yeah, you, you're. I think you brought up a good point, though. Maybe you know, with the Dazio's defenses last year, we saw them struggle against Georgia Tech, and then they started to really gel as the season went on. And you know, with some of these guys out there, um, you, you hope that you know, give them a little bit more experience in, in game time. Um, you know, simulate. You know, game time, whatever. They're going to get it together and and hopefully get that that working. And, you know, there was only, there was certain plays too, that you hope that they can figure out what went wrong. And the big play that I look back at that would be the play we'd all be talking about if BC lost was that, that, oh man, when Zach Allen completely bit it on one of the, I think it was, was it a pass? No, it was a option play that ran for 60 yards and he just completely whiffed on a tackle. Um, yeah. I he lost he, contain on that play. And, uh, and that, that, that was obviously one of the biggest plays of the game, like you said. Yeah, and I think he had a he had, he just had a rough game. Um, and he, you know, there, I had a very high hopes for Zach Allen going into this season, so I'm not going to write write him off as you know completely useless or anything like that. I'm just going to say it's a bad game at that point, and hopefully that he learns from his mistakes. And he, you know, he's only a junior, so maybe he'll he'll pick it up after uh, after that and and have a better game. But he definitely was another one I watched and went ooh. That was that was tough to watch. Yeah, agreed. He didn't have his best game, but he, he, I, I don't I don't have concerns about him going forward. I think it was just an off night for him. Well, maybe you know. Also, he, he I keep forgetting about it because it happened in the wee morning, wee hours of the morning that he also had the block kick to end the game too. So uh, true. Um, so um, obviously the the biggest positive, and it was a, again, you know, when we look at games. I, you listen to WEEI or 98.5, and right now they're all probably crowing about the Patriots, and, and it's all doom and gloom. I have to I, – I hate that. I hate one-game overreactions. And even if it's a positive thing, I hate one-game overreactions because it's just such a small sample size given where the right. season can go. And that big one-game overreaction I don't want to have is with Colton Lichtenberg. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he was he was phenomenal. I mean, there's yeah, yeah, nothing and more to say about him. Yeah, he had a great game. I just my my part of me still wonders, given BC's issues with kicking, if that you know it was just a one game sample. If that's going to go back, you know, if it comes back down to earth moving forward. So, so you know, he's not going to be perfect. And I know Adazio. He said um, at his press conference this week that. You know, he was really concerned about special teams going into the season. And I, I don't know if that's just special, you know, coach talk or whatnot, but, you know, he's going to miss. And hopefully it's not this weekend because it's probably going to be a tight game. But uh, Lichtenberg, uh, you know, turning it around, he had a great game, and it's, it was glad to see that. I like the uh, play of the, the um, kickoff, uh, our kickoff specialist and uh, the German dude. I'm totally blanking on his name, Max something or other. Guy Sovel, is that right? I mean, I don't even know how to say it to be honest, but yeah, that was. Uh, I, I had heard about him, and then you know, you kind of goes over your head because you're not thinking about you know kickoffs necessarily. But yeah, that was another one that was like, wow, I did not see that coming. Yeah, and uh, so you know, we we got stuff to take out of that game, and honestly, with B, where BC is at right now, you could take stuff out of that game where they played another FBS squad. On the other side of the coin, you look at Wake Forest, and they went out and, and pummeled Presbyterian. 
there's not really a lot you can take out of that game. And we know that from previous seasons where BC would play an FCS cupcake and you, you get no information out of it. So let's just take a step back and, and, and talk about where Wake Forest is right now and how BC matches up against Wake Forest. So Eric, how does BC match up against Wake? I mean, you look you look at the matchup, and uh, you know, I think they they do match up um, fairly well. Um, you know, Wake Wake doesn't have a lot of guys on on defense that um, necessarily jump off the page for the most part. You know, their back seven does look pretty weak. Um, you know, I do have some concerns because if you know. Wake does have a strength on its defense, and and again, I don't consider their defense a strength. But um, if they do have a strength, you know, their defensive line is overall pretty solid. You know, a couple of good guys up front. Um, so a- after watching BC against Northern Illinois, and you know, with BC missing John Baker on the line this week, that that is a potential matchup um, that concerns me on that side of the ball a little bit. So BC is obviously going to have to scheme around that and. Uh, you know, on the flip side, again, Wake doesn't have a lot of guys on offense that I'm really too worried about. So, you know, the BC defense had a letdown last week, and uh, you know, I am, I, I am thinking they're going to bounce back this week against Wake. And uh, if they don't, I think that's about the time that I'm going to start to worry about the BC defense because, again, Wake decent offense, but. You know, not not someone who should be scoring more than a couple touchdowns on you at most. So if if BC gets into a situation where Wake is scoring 28, 35 points on them, uh, you know, it, it's definitely going to be a huge concern. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've never been really impressed with Wake's quarterback. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be Wofford, right? Yeah, and and I agree. He, you know, was. Just, probably one of the worst quarterbacks that's going to be on their schedule this year. So he, he has no business, you know, laying them up. Yeah. He, you know, he's just a game manager and I feel I, I from based on what I've seen from BC's defense in, in games past, he's the type of quarterback that I feel like you mentioned, like it's a good bounce back week for them. I feel like, you know, he's not very mobile, so he's going to sit in the pocket and Landry, if he can make a move or two is going to make some plays, I think um, against that Wake Forest offensive line. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, what are we looking for in terms of improvement for BC? Obviously, the offensive line is going to be a big thing to look at. Um, Daz hasn't said yet who's going to replace Baker, but you have to imagine it's going to be Alec Lindstrom. Is that who you were, we're looking at at center? I mean, Lindstrom, um, you know, I'd heard Leonard possibly as well. Um, we'll be back, although it sounds like he's not 100% back to health and is more, um, you know, being activated because the team needs him. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a concern. You know, ba- Baker, Baker, you know, in all actuality, didn't look that great last week. So I, I, I was kind of thinking he was, you know, playing through an injury or, you know, was banged up a little bit and, um, lo and behold, he's out for this game. So um, that's a concern. And I mean, when you when you watched the, the game last week, um, I mean, how did the offensive line perform in your eyes? Was it, 
you know, as good as you thought they would be? Were they a little underwhelming? You know, what was your takeaway after a one-game viewing? I, yeah, that's a good question. Like, I, I'm trying to stay positive about BC, and that's the unit that scares me the most. Like, I, it, it's beyond me. I, I, I just really struggle with how Steve Adazio is an offensive line coach, and it's been years since we've had an offensive line that's been able to function at a high level. Um, it's really frustrating to watch because this should be the year that that offensive line should be able to play at an ACC level. And what we saw on Friday last week was, as you said, it was up and down the line. Baker, I saw miss a few plays. He had the botched fumble, uh, the botched snap that caused some uh, a set of downs. Montero looked like he was playing on skates through half of that game. Uh, Lazar got benched because he was completely ineffective. You know, so that was, I mean, just off the top of my head, that's three out of five guys that were having really, really tough games. So that part worries me. And it's now that we're going to be adding a freshman in there, um, probably to play center, that scares the crap out of me. Because <laughs> this kid, yeah. you know, he's, he start, he's, you know, getting up to the line and calling the, and setting up the offensive line. And he's a freshman. I, I worry about where that's going to set BC up for this game. Cause yeah, I mean, he's a freshman, and his quarterback is a redshirt freshman, so um, it's definitely a concern, um, you know, getting the line protections right. And, uh, yeah, it's it's less than ideal situation. And, uh, you know, if if BC loses this game, I, I, I think that's going to play, play a role in it because that, that definitely is probably uh, the biggest worry headed in the game. Yep. But that's the funny thing with Adazio is, you know, last week they're completely a mess and watch this week. They'll be completely fine. And they'll play the game <laughs> of the year. You never know what's going to happen. Um, right. Let's talk about some of the uh, players to look forward to this week. A name that came up during the summer that really, you know, I thought lived up to expectations in just one game was Kobe White. He was I, I don't I can't remember the last legitimate wide receiver Boston College had. It could be Richie Ganell, it could be, you know, even further back than that. But Kobe White, man, he made a n- couple nice catches and he looks like he's going to be po- probably BC's most legitimate wide receiver we're going to see in a while and he's only what a redshirt freshman? Yeah. Um I might uh I might throw uh Alex Amadon in there too, but oh, yep. um, uh, yeah, he was he was impressive, and um, for for someone his age, he was he, he was bulked up. He uh, he didn't look like a freshman on the field, so um, I don't I don't know how they how they pulled that off, but um, and they they show the highlights of some of his roots, and uh, he was running good roots, hard roots. I mean, the cornerback could not stay with him on the different things he was doing. I, you know, Brown was obviously a huge surprise in that game just because I think overall he really handled himself well and played well. But uh, Kobe White, that was out of left field. I did not see that coming. And, uh, um, you know, all of a sudden White matched up with uh, Tommy Sweeney at tight end. And uh, you're like, wow, BC actually has two legitimate op- options in the uh, the old throw game, as Adazio likes to call it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Dazio kept talking about it this preseason, like, 
and, and you know, many of you, many of us are skeptical that he had a good, you know, the best group of wide receivers he's had in a long time. And I, and I, I you saw pieces of that. Chris Garrison had another nice catch. Um, it's great. It's great to see him back after getting hurt last year against Buffalo. That was a brutal injury last year. Um, glad to see him back. He had a nice catch and, um, Obviously, you have Jeff Smith and, and Michael Walker out there as as well to be complementary receivers. But I, I think that's a good thing too. Um, Jeff Smith, I think, was asked of a lot last year for uh, you know first year wide receiver. He was basically the number two guy out there at all times. But to slot him down a little bit kind of takes the pressure off of him and 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 makes him more of a, of a weapon that they use on certain types of plays. I like that. Um, and finally, Thad Smith came out of nowhere. You didn't see him at all last year, and he was running that end-around play constantly last week. Yeah, I like that. That uh, reminded me of the uh, dusted off the jet sweep there. Reminded me of uh, old Sherm Alston running that against USC, that, that big upset victory year. But, yeah, it was nice nice of them to uh, find a way to get Thad Smith the ball. He's obviously one of the best athletes they have on the team, one of the quickest guys, and, uh, you know, it was, it was good that they orchestrated a couple of plays for him, and, uh, yeah, I hope they uh, find ways to involve him more. He definitely has the speed. I, you know, I don't I don't know that his hands are something to be relied on uh, week in and week out, but, um, yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of Thad Smith, even his limited time, you know, watching him in practices and scrimmage and stuff i i think there's something there with that guy and uh uh he, he definitely deserves a couple of plays a game yeah definitely and um on the defensive side of the ball the one last thing that we really didn't talk about was the play of the linebackers um i wrote about it earlier that they just seemed to me they seemed kind of invisible out there they weren't making plays i didn't see them um, missing plays though they just didn't they just seem to be there I, I, I after re-watching and talking to some people um, one of the biggest critiques I had heard about last week's game was that Connor Strahan seemed to be getting swallowed up near the line of scrimmage a lot he just just get kind of getting lost in the play and not being able to, to diagnose some of the plays against NIU you think are you expecting him to, to have a, a bounce back week against Wake Forest uh, or do you think are you worried that this may these struggles may continue um, I mean, yeah, the 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 linebackers, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't have I don't have concerns with the unit um, as far as the starting three go. Um, you know, I do have concerns with the overall depth of uh, the linebacking core. You know, looking at some of the backups, they're definitely inexperienced guys and guys that I don't really know what I'm getting if they have to see the field. So, um, the overall depth is definitely a concern and. Uh, you know, I give uh, Strahan the benefit of the doubt, you know, kind of switching positions there. Um, I'd still count on him to be a little better than that than he was against NIU, but, you know, at the same time, giving him a little pass because he's, you know, playing slightly out of position here and uh, he's kind of getting adjusted to it, I think. That's a good point. Yeah, he moved over to he moved over to middle linebacker, right? Or did he move over to strong side? Strong. Strong, okay. See him. All right, so we're we're wrapping up. So if you're listening to this at home, Eric and I had to put this together on the fly, literally texting uh, Eric right before I left work, like, hey, we got to do a podcast. Life has been busy for me, and I apologize to all our listeners. I um, had great news this week, and hopefully I have a house moving forward. Um, 
had an offer accepted on a house. So I've been kind of busy trying to get all that paperwork and inspections and all sorts of crap done. So, uh, it, you know, my, my schedule has been pretty packed. So I had an hour here and I wanted to get this in. Um, so if I've seen a little scattered, I apologize. But well, we want your full attention back next week. You got it. <laughs> Everything right, should slow down after Sunday this week. I think my wife is letting me out of the house tomorrow. I, I had to, to barter with her. Literally, I'm going to wake up early tomorrow to pack, start packing some, do my like daily packing of the house. And she's letting me go to the game. And then I got to be back by a certain time. But I, that was Eric, that was really tricky to get that because originally it was like, no, you're going to watch the game at home and you're going to pack. It was a good negotiation by you. Better question. What's on the menu tomorrow? So, Good question. I can't tailgate tomorrow. <laughs> that's the other part. If oh. I tailgate, that's my whole day. Okay. Uh, so, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do that. However, that brings up the next point. Um, there were two things I saw BC tweet out today um, about food and beverages at BC football this week. So, the first thing was food. They're going to actually have lobster rolls at BC football games. Huh. Um, BC Football just tweeted that out probably within the last hour. Well, the I only actually, play it's the same quality as McDonald's lobster rolls. That's what I was worried about. Uh, you know, I, I was just I t- sent a text message to another BC friend uh, when I saw that. I said, "Oh, let's just give them a shot." And then went dot dot dot. This is what I say as I puke over the toilet all <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> uh, they yeah, have I, to I go. So, geez, I think people would have settled for like a fried chicken. Fried chicken cutlet wrap or a grilled chicken Caesar salad wrap. They didn't have to shoot for the moon, but hey, good good effort, BC. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, I've been I I've been critical of that because when I've been tailgating, I always get hungry when I get into the game later, and there's never any good options. I hate hot dogs that they have there. I do my my go to when I'm at a BC football game is in the end zone, one of the uh, corners of the end zones, they have that grill that grills sausages and peppers and onions. Oh, yeah. I will do that with a red Powerade every game. That usually is hits the spot, but I'm always looking for new things. Well, I think you got to try out the lobster roll tomorrow. I'm going to try it, but if I end up sick, oof. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the other end that we're talking about. And I wrote about it cause I'm a beer guy. That's my thing. I don't really drink hard stuff. I, I like beer and, and people call me a beer snob or you know, whatever. Um, I tweeted out to uh, BC's PR, um, sorry, eight, their assistant AD Jason Baum earlier today. Hey, what, what, um, what's, what's going to be on tap this weekend. And he said he didn't know, which is fair, but he did say that he showed, he sent me a picture of the Budweiser truck out in front of alumni stadium. Bud will be on tap, confirmed. I'm guessing Budweiser is going to be the option that uh, will be there. I don't know what else they'll have. I don't know if it's just Budweiser and Bud Light or if they're going to have – I know Budweiser owns a whole bunch of stuff, so maybe they'll have other things that are available too. Who knows? The whole Bud family. Yeah. But um, final part about the beer um, situation, they also tweeted out a map of what the concessions are going to look like at, at alumni stadium this weekend. And it's got like the food and everything you can, and they have the beer spots where it is. And of course, if you're sitting anywhere near the students, good luck. (laughs) 
it's uh-huh. nowhere near the student section. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. So uh, that's going to be exciting. You going to go to the game tomorrow, Eric? Uh, I am not going to the game tomorrow. No. Hard okay. pass for me, but I'm I'm going to show up to your tailgate once this year. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get down there at some point. Um, I'm going to get some uh, get some of my uh, the Mrs. Famous Buffalo Chicken Dip that. I have to have it every tailgate. There you go. I missed that. I, and this week and last week, I haven't had to eat it. So I haven't had it to eat. So. It's, it's, well, if it's, you're a good boy and you pack up correctly, then maybe you'll get it for the next game. Yeah. Notre Dame, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's go to predictions and, and end this. Um, so tomorrow, 1 p.m., Alumni Stadium. It's the next edition of the rivalry. 2015, we had that glorious game that ended 3-0 with Wake Forest winning when Adazio couldn't get a playoff with seemingly endless time left. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't want to think about that game ever again. (laughs) And last year, BC had their revenge down against Wake Forest on the road, winning, I think it was 17-14. So, back at home again, Anthony Brown and that offense – Eric, what do you have for a prediction for tomorrow's game? Well, I'm actually going lower than uh, the one I predicted for BCI, uh, you know, earlier in the week when I set my prediction, mostly because of John Baker being out. I don't think the BC offense is going to be able to score the 20s like I thought before. So I'm going BC 17, Wake 13, and uh, BC defense guts out a win uh, for the team this week, I think. I am going to go a little bit. I'm going to stick with my original prediction, which I made on the site. I mean, actually, well, I made it this morning. I put together everyone's predictions for my final thoughts uh, post. If you haven't checked that out, plug, go, go check that out. It has all the writers uh, and what we picked and uh, some thoughts on that. I picked BC winning 24-21. And I, uh, as I said earlier, it's the illogical side of my brain that thinks that for some reason I – just feel like BC's offensive line will click again this week um, and, and play much better than they did last week, even without Baker there and with the troubles they had last week. The illogical part of my brain says they're going to figure something out and get it working. So I'm going to go with three touchdowns and a field goal. I'm going to say they're going to only score two offensive touchdowns, though, and one of them will be a defensive touchdown. Let's go. Whoa. Make it crazy. So. That's my predictions. Fans, if you're out there, uh, have fun at the game tomorrow. Hopefully uh, Game Ops is uh, a little friendlier than they've been in past years. Um, Don't get to the stadium too early. I've had that issue many times. Um, But have fun. um, Enjoy it. It's supposed to be nice. I think it's going to be in the 60s and sunny tomorrow, which is perfect fall weather for a a, uh, college football game. Uh, Eric, any last thoughts before we go? Uh, No, just good luck with your packing and – Bust that out tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to do the best I can, and hopefully uh, when I get back from the game, there'll be some buffalo chicken dip uh, uh, waiting for me in the kitchen. I, I don't have my fingers crossed, but I can always pray, right? Just like, just right. like I'm praying <laughs> the offensive line will play well next, this, this week. All right, everyone. Have a good night. Go Eagles. All right. Take care.